so with the plunger fully out, just very gently and gradually push the plunger in. And perhaps you could imagine any stress or tension or maybe even anxiety, it's just flowing out through the soles of your feet. And in your own time, just allow the plunger to gently go through your body. Allowing any stress to be metabolized by this beautiful earth. And when you're ready and in your own time, you could now start to extract the plunger, drawing up through the soles of your feet all the resources that you might need right now. Wisdom, energy, gentleness, Kindness. Maybe there are some other words that you sense that your body particularly needs right now. And when the plunger is fully extracted and in your own time, just do that once more in your own speed, gently pushing the plunger all the way in and letting any stress or tension flow out through the soles of your feet. And when you're ready, in your own time, extracting the plunger, drawing up through the earth into your body anything that your heart or mind or body needs right now. And when you're ready, it's gently opening your eyes and coming back together again. Just taking a nice breath. So, so far in um, this, this series, we've reflected on the first three advices and queries. And the invitation has been to allow a phrase that speaks to you to be your anchor in your day or your week. So I'm just wondering if anyone uh, would like to share if there's a phrase or a practice around advices and queries that's been you know, particularly helpful to them. So you can just, um, just unmute. There's not too many of us. We've only got one, one screen. So yeah, what's, what's been useful? Which phrase has spoken to you from, from, from the ones we studied or what was shared in our last month when everyone brought their favorite? Yeah, Yogi. Uh, the one for myself um, was I believe it's number 17, is see 
that which is of God in everyone. Uh, particularly the phrase that consider that I may be wrong mm-hmm. in my views and opinions. And it has been particularly good for me because it stops me getting upset that other people are saying things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just actually stand back and say exactly what are they saying and why does it upset me? Why can they not have a different view? That, that one's been very good to me. But they gave it the last two weeks, in fact. Thank you. Words that I find speaks to me every day is the word from the last of the advices which we looked at last week, last time, and that's the word rejoice. Rejoice in everything you possibly can (laughs) in your life, in your daily experience, in the people you meet, in the things that you do. Rejoice. Thank you, Peter. Okay. Can I add cherish? Yeah, that's a great idea. It's from 21, and I failed to come to the last. It just, I just forgot what day I was in. (laughs) But that was the 21 was the advice and query I would have brought. Do you cherish your friendships and that cherishing is such a nurturing word. So thank you. You know, my mine was the same, number twenty-one, um, and specifically the the piece around cherishing friendships uh, in a way that I feel like I, I was trying to think about how it feels different now than it than it has and and there's there's a certain depth of of my connection to friends that feels not just enjoyable but essential lately just really really essential in a way that it hasn't in the past and so i've been um looking at the notion of of diving as deeply as possible in my connections with with loved ones, particularly friends. Um, and, and it's, and, and I can't quite articulate how, how it differs from the past, but what I can say is that it's been um, incredibly nourishing in, in a way that it just, just hasn't in the past. I think some priorities have shifted in my, my life that allows me to to, to take them in a, a different way and to sort of express myself or my vulnerability or just be open to them in, in a way that, that is incredibly edifying. Thank you, thank you. So we're finding the sort of depth and the richness in it. Oh yes, let's have David, David. Um, <clears throat> in 38, particularly the last sentence, do not let the desire be sociable or the fear of seeming peculiar determine your decisions. I'm very aware in a number of the groups in which I meet uh, and, and interact with 
that there is always the pressure to conform to the accepted view of the group. And sometimes I think they're wrong. And I do struggle against the desire to be seen to be odd and to be out of kilter with the rest of the group. And I try very hard not to lower my standards and to say what I think to be true. So that's one that I, I bear in mind very frequently. At the same time, remembering the first one that we had, bearing in mind that I might well be wrong myself. Thank you. So today we're going to be exploring advices and queries number four. Um, and this, this practice of, of reading something that's been used in many religious traditions, it's called Lexio Divina, divine reading, where a passage is taken, deeply reflected upon. So I'll read the passage and then we'll circle back and reflect on it and do a centering down meditation based on that passage. So advices and queries for, maybe you want to close your eyes or just let it sink and land. The religious society of friends is rooted in Christianity and always found inspiration in the life and teachings of Jesus. How do you interpret your faith in the light of this heritage? How does Jesus speak to you today? Are you following Jesus' example of love in action? Are you learning from his life the reality and cost of obedience to God? How does his relationship with God challenge and inspire you? So we'll circle back and look at this. The religious society of friends is rooted in Christianity and has always found inspiration in the life and teachings of Jesus. So it's been my experience as a Quaker that this advice and queries is almost never referred to, even though George Fox knew the Bible and especially the Gospels back to front and inside out. Still, I cannot recall a single time when it's been read in meeting. And I suspect there are some very good reasons for this. So I think some friends have had very unsettling experiences in the Christian church and have taken refuge really in the silence of a Quaker meeting, perhaps as a relief from the sense that they should believe a certain thing or conduct their relationship with the divine in a particular prescribed way. My experience was this. I certainly felt a deep sense that the meeting I first attended in Guildford deeply trusted me to conduct my relationship with a God, with God in a way and at a pace that was right for me. In that silence and trust, I think I found healing and a way forward. And I grew up in the Church of England tradition and I had to confront and explore kind of a sense that as a woman, the patriarchy of the church didn't really value my contribution. And back then, of course, it didn't. And it has to be acknowledged that much of the Western church has betrayed God as a punishing old white man in the sky with very little time for the body or for the earth. Father Richard Raw points out it has more to do and more in common, perhaps, with the Greek Zeus, which got translated into Deuce, God, 
than really anything to do with a, a loving, personal, relational divine. So over time, as my faith and practice deepened, it's certainly been very important to me to find in my tradition an experience of the divine. And I particularly value now the roots of Quakers being in Christianity. How do you interpret your faith in the light of this heritage? So although I've studied and, and truly love and value the teachings found in other religions like Sufism, Buddhism and other traditions of thought like Jungian psychology and neuropsychology, my home and roots are in Christianity. My values, culture and beliefs express themselves more easily in this language. However, it is problematic for many people and it's useful to explore why that is. Ken Wilber, in his book, The Theory of Everything, maps out the developmental stages of spiritual growth. And this is really helpful because it helps us understand why our Christian heritage is problematic. The first stage in spiritual development is called magical, the magical, which goes on to the intellectual and eventually to the integrative. So we recognise in children the existence of magical thinking and for them it's just easy to believe, isn't it, in Tooth Fairies and Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny. And this is spiritually, developmentally appropriate and it gets them in the right ballpark. Yeah, this ballpark and it kind of states you're wonderful and important and worth giving an Easter egg to or a Christmas stocking to. It's, it's healthful, um, wholesome and, and right, right ordering really. The second stage is the intellectual. We might think here of the teenager who typically would be expected to argue everything and dismiss anything that isn't rational and provable in a laboratory. And as we grow older, we expand to allow for mystery, humility, and an understanding of the limits of language to express some of the experiences we have in our lives. And at this stage, we start to integrate inner and outer. So the problems arise perhaps when we get stuck in any one stage or when a whole church tradition gets stuck in one or reacting against another, then growth is stunted. So instead we can wisely include and allow the developmental stage that someone is at. When Quakers allow the silence to nourish us, we are easing the flow through the stages have been stuck or experienced damage from poor theology or unskillful community. I also suspect many people who are deeply Quaker in their faith and practice do not, however, take the step to become members of the Society of Friends because of a nervousness about this aspect of Christianity that somehow if you're not in the right club, you won't be saved. And in this way, friends desperately trying to fill roles in meetings have learned to accept this and understand that if someone walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then they probably are a duck. But it does perhaps leave that person in a rather rootless position of loving the Quaker way and yet not allowing that to be their home in some way. I think of it as like a person who has a house but perhaps prefers to sleep on the streets and be homeless. 
So how does Jesus speak to you today? There's a lovely story, isn't there, of St Joan of Arc, who was hated by the church and burnt as a heretic. And, and they dismissed her visions of God, talking to her as just her imagination. And she replied, well, how else is God going to talk to me? I love this. Allowing an image of love to become real to us takes practice, but can also provide a deep sense of a personal relationship with the divine. And we'll be perhaps taking a bit more time with this in our meditation. Are you following Jesus' example of love in action? Do suspect that using our gifts in service flows from a sense of abundance, gratitude and joy. And yet, even when completely spent and experiencing the moments of utter inner poverty, it can be our intention, I think, to follow Jesus' example that gets us through. As though we could, in our humility, ask for help to bring love into action today. There's a lovely story of a Sufi who was granted a wish by a genie. There are lots of genies in Sufi stories, which I just love. Anyway, she asked that she might each day perform an act of kindness, but that she would be kept from knowing that she was doing it. So the genie gave her a bag and asked her to carry it on her back everywhere she went. And the bag happened to be filled with date palms and it had a, a small hole in it. Everywhere she went, on easy roads and very hard ones, a date seed would fall out and germinate. She never saw the many, many date trees that grew and provided shelter, food and habitat to so many behind her. Are you learning from his life the reality and cost of obedience to God? So when I was a teenager, I struggled, as, as many do, with a difficulty with eating. The very wise therapist knew that there was no point in appealing to logic, as my logical thinking had become really distorted. And she also understood that I could not listen to my body. That channel had somehow become disconnected. So she asked me to listen to my inner child, what perhaps Joan of Arc might call her imagination. And some might call this my heart centre, or the Jesus part, or the inner light. I had to hold a teddy bear and ask her what she would like to eat. And if she said she wanted a piece of toast, I had to give it to her. If she wanted, I don't know, hot chocolate, I had to get it for her. And if she said she was full, I had to stop. The discipline and practice was to listen to her imaginatively and obey her. But not obey as you would a master, but more like you, how you would obey or i.e. respond to the cries of a baby. My darling, what do you need? What's up? How can I help? When my son was very small, my mum took him to church to explore the building when it was empty and Louis sat on the pew and said, Dear God, how are you? My mum was really moved that we could inquire of the inner light. How are you? What do you need? How can I help? How does his relationship with God challenge and inspire you? 
It seems that God can reach us and relate to us through our bodies, through our hearts and through our minds. And it's also true that when one channel is broken, God will use the other roots. And what Jesus did often was pray. He sought out the quiet of a hillside and allowed the stillness to reach him. It seems that Jesus' continual commitment was to listen to God. I love the saying, God comes to us disguised as our life. So how is your life challenging you? How is your life inspiring you? So we're going to take this as our, our meditation now. So if you're willing, just get yourself to be comfortable and take a nice deep breath. Perhaps with your back feeling supported and upright. Or if you're lying down to arrange your spine so that it's aligned in, in some way. Sensing into your body. Perhaps notice any areas of tension. And just invite them to relax and soften, just to the degree that's possible. The face, torso, especially the tummy area, letting it soften. pelvic area and sit bones. The legs. Mm, the arms and shoulders and hands. So if it's possible, stay here. This global awareness of your body feeling relaxed. Or if you would like, and it's helpful to you, bring your attention to your breath. And let your breath be your anchor. You can notice it with a kind curiosity, just how the body breathes. Noticing the in-breath and the out-breath. You could allow your attention to ride the breath and let the out-breath accompany you deeper into your centre.
now if you would like, I'd like to invite you to bring to mind an image of a beloved being. It might be a personification of the inner light. Let your imagination take flight here. The mother, earth mother or Christ consciousness, what I call the Jesus part. You might sense this beloved being just very gently placing their hands on your shoulders or your head. With great care and kindness. might let this kindness be absorbed by your body like a sponge you're just sponging up this kindness this care sensing how cherished you are might want to say to this beloved being, I see you with love, cherished, gifted, grateful for all you are. You might allow this beloved being to say this back to you. I see you with love, cherished, gifted. Grateful for all you are. I see you with love, cherished, gifted grateful for all you are. I see you with love, cherished, gifted, grateful for all you are. might like to rest in this space just abiding there sponging up this care maybe this holy beloved this image could speak to you offer you an image from the great love of God to your tender heart Allow 
perhaps then to speak a word to you. Open the doorway of, of communication. you if you are ready to open your eyes and let your eyes rest on someone here on the screen and let your eyes take them in and say in your mind I see you with love cherished gifted grateful for all you are I see you with love, cherished, gifted, grateful for all you are. I see you with love, cherished, gifted, grateful for all you are. finish with a poem called Susceptible to Light by Jilin Harkin. The worst thing we ever did was put God in the sky, out of reach, pulling the divinity from the leaf, sifting out the holy from our bones, insisting God isn't bursting dazzlement through everything we've made a hard commitment to see as ordinary stripping the sacred from everywhere to put in a cloud man elsewhere, prying closeness from your heart. The worst thing we ever did was take the dance and the song out of prayer, made it sit up straight and cross its legs, removed it of rejoicing, wiped clean its hip sway, its questions, its ecstatic yowl, its tears, the worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in the universe, available to every soul, in every breath. The worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in this universe, available to every soul, in every breath.
And when you're ready, I invite you to open your eyes, wiggle your toes, gently bring yourself back. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. So there are some questions. We're going to take this last uh, thing from the advices queries. How is God challenging and inspiring your life? And if you're wanting, if it's helpful to think of, you know, um, that phrase, God comes to me disguised as my life. You know, so how is your life challenging you? How is your life inspiring you? And it's kind of nice, we've got 16 here, so why don't we go into breakout rooms of four and then we'll come together for worship sharing um, at the end. So Gregory, if it's possible to put that in chat, the questions, how is your life inspiring you? And how is your life challenging you? And then in the worship sharing, Thank you, Maureen. Nice to see you. Um, in the worship sharing, well, actually, we are all, we've probably, we've probably could stay together. Just wondering. Yeah, let's do that. Let's stay that. I'm getting a thumbs up. Let's stay together. Um, and we'll move into worship sharing. So for those who are less familiar with worship sharing, worship sharing is where you speak very authentically from your heart and you speak without being interrupted and you speak into the silence and no one